This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode number 19, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Yes, hey there. Did you enjoy your weekend? I did. It was a busy one, but a productive one. But I was able to catch up on some sleep as well. So that extra hour, that makes a big difference. Because I can tell you, when we lose an hour, it takes me like three weeks now to actually get into some sort of a normal mode over an hour. We, we, we underestimate how much an hour can make a difference in our lives. Well, I can tell you that that <laughs> hour was good for Saturday. Yeah. But it hasn't done crap for me since Since Sunday, yeah. yeah. It can mess up. As creatures of habit, it can also mess us up as well, even though we gain that hour. But with our schedules, an hour is a big deal. It's going to be dark when we leave out of here, Bradley. So, I mean, my goodness, it's just. Yeah, that's know. the downside of it. But it's good to have the sun come out. Uh, earlier than 7.30. And for yes. those of us that are on the air doing morning shows, you and I included here, it's nice to have some sunlight earlier. It gives us a sense of normalcy for getting up at, at way too early in the morning to do our jobs. <laughs> Let's start off with this uh, this portion of the podcast sponsored by our friends at An Optical Galleria. They've created a brand new sunglass line known as Hook Optics. You don't need them very long during the day, but they're still great to have. They have an amazing fit for heads of all sizes, including my big head and a variety of colored polarized lenses. Stop by an optical gallery in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City on West Water Street in downtown Centerville and in downtown Easton on Harrison Street. Plus, they got other special things going on in uh, on Harrison Street this weekend because it's Waterfowl Festival That's right. in Easton. So stop by, try on a new pair of hook sunglasses. Make sure you thank them for sponsoring Overtime Live and ShoreSportsMD.com. And you can check them out on online at eisenart.net or hookoptics.com. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, this weekend I'm excited. I'm going to see Virginia Tech and Fuente maybe coach his last game because he has a history of giving ACC teams their first win like he did this past weekend for BC. Um, and, of course, he did the same thing for Syracuse, and they thank him. Um, you know, so... I'm going to see if he can beat Duke, but I'll be doing it with my son and my oldest son as well this weekend. Now, is that your third? That's your third Vontech game this year, It'll right? It'll be my second Vontech Second Vontech game. Yeah. Okay, and second one Alabama game. And one Alabama game. By the way, and I, I was saving this, my brother-in-law, and I had no idea until literally Saturday, my brother-in-law, long story short, went to Alabama LSU, got, got a mm-hmm. VIP experience in Coach Saban's office, got to go into his office, got to go to the game, got to see just so much. Who does he know? Well, long story short, he went to a conference, met a guy that was a former player. I don't know that he was a former famous player, but he was a player, and the guy has enough connections that my brother-in-law got to see it all. I mean, he absolutely cannot stop talking about it, according to my sister-in-law. Had an absolute blast, and I said, yeah, I mean, it's the Las Vegas of the college football experiences. So he's raving about it. I'm sure he would love uh, his daughter, Maddie, who's uh, in cheer and very good at that. I'm sure he would love for her to go to Alabama now after that experience. But I said, yeah, I, I said, I can't wait to tell Mark about this because I know Mark knows the experience. Now. He, his daughter could be a cheerleader with Stephen Curtis Chapman's daughter, who's also a freshman at the University of Alabama. There you go. So, yeah. but uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> I love going down to Tuscaloosa because you, when you go, 
And when you and I make this trip, we're going to make this trip. Yeah, you said year. the next four years yeah. we'll do it. We're, yeah, we're no, gonna, that would be fun. We Absolutely. got it. I, I, you yeah. would I'm be, up for it. I'm uh, up for it. You'd be enamored with the uh, Paul Bear Bryant Museum. I mean, I'm sure. That, I'm that, sure. Well, I love history, yeah. so I'm sure I would and have a blast with that. You would be all yeah. over that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you probably have to bring a change of clothes because you'd wet yourself. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that impressive in there, no doubt about that. Uh, this is Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. We got so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Inslee is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Um, you know, my goodness, we have uh, uh, the playoffs, the first weekend of the playoffs in the books. Uh, we've got the the, uh, the region semifinals are for uh, volleyball taking place tonight. You'll hear this on Tuesday, but they were played on Monday night. Regional championships uh, uh, played for volleyball this coming Wednesday. And just, gosh, there's so much going on and so much to talk about. I, I guess we probably shouldn't wait, and we'll get right to it. Why don't we get started with a message from one of our key sponsors here. Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi, I'm Beth Ann Langrill with For All Seasons. When you encounter someone who is acting unkind, it's easy to think, what is wrong with you? Try taking a step back and instead thinking, I wonder what happened to that person. They might be facing a health issue or experiencing significant stress at home or at work. Extend a kind word or a hand to this person. You can ask without judgment, are you doing okay? I notice you seem upset. Is there anything that I can do? Reaching out to someone in this way will help them feel acknowledged. Whether it's an adult or a child, remember that each person is experiencing things we know nothing about. Your understanding could give someone the lift that they truly need. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center. For All Seasons is your community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. So let's start off with the Preston Ford Game of the Week, presented by Best Western Plus Easton and Four All Seasons, a game heard on 94.3 Winks FM and ForeverMidshore.com. It was the 2A East playoff matchup that involved Stephen Decatur and uh, Queen Anne's and a rematch from October 14th, a game in which Queen Anne's actually won the contest uh, by one point. But, boy, this one was completely different. Well, it was. And early on, I mean, Queen Anne's went right down the field on Stephen Decatur, but on a fourth down, a tip pass by a Decatur defensive lineman on a pass to the flats ended up causing issue for the uh, you know for the Lions there. And so they turned the ball over on downs. And, unfortunately, from there, it was a lot of Decatur, for, if you're a Lions fan, as uh, they made – uh, a number of mistakes in the game that didn't help their cause, and uh, they weren't really stopping Decatur offensively, as we know. Uh, a couple of big names back for Decatur defensively, and uh, you had to know that they were going to allow K.J. Smothers to run all over the place on the way they did the first time. No doubt about it, and I was really surprised that Queen Anne's came out in a spread and looking to throw the ball 
Well, it was a wrinkle. It was a wrinkle that they were uh, trying to show uh, to Decatur. You expected adjustments that were going to be made, and that was clearly one of them. And it, it worked on that drive, but again, just too many, you know, too many mistakes and uh, lost opportunities there for the Lions in that one. And I, I you know, it's, I, was it Mag? Was it Coach Griffith that said that after the game, you know, everything went right for the Lions in that first game? That uh, it was a bit different here in uh, this past Friday night. Yeah. Griffith said uh, on the way down, he said it's going to be a three-touchdown game. And I was like, really? And But he was right. I mean, it was actually more than that. Well, and I think a couple of factors. Again, they were going to let Smothers run all over them. One, two, it's a Decatur team that has a lot of experience, and you've got a team that was playing at home, and you've got a lot of key players in the game that they're nearing the end of their high school career. So a lot was on the line for them, and they wanted to certainly, and they want to finish out uh, their career strong. Uh, they felt like they came up short in a couple of games in which they did Wicomico. Uh They made uh, mistakes or, or had too many penalties against Ken Island. And then in the Queen Anne's game, you know, again, they just uh, they needed to make a few more plays and cut down on the smothers impact so you figured that you know they wanted obviously revenge for the uh loss against queen Anne's earlier this year so there was a lot i think going in steven decatur's uh, direction uh, as to why you like them in the in the game and they've got a big matchup this friday night with why high which i think is going to be quite the challenge why high jumped out to a big lead yet again over easton and then uh, easton battled back to make it close much like they did in the first game but came up short in the end. So, you know, it's going to be Y High and Decatur. I, I, I tell you, I, I could see Decatur winning this game. Well, they can. Now, the difference here is a couple of differences. One is this game's at Wicomico. It's not at Decatur. The first game was at Decatur. The uh, the other aspect, as we mentioned, a couple of uh, defensive players that had been out for them are, are back in, so that helps. But realize uh, two touchdowns, uh, were scored by Wicomico on special teams. Right. That has to be a real point of emphasis. You take that away, Decatur wins the game the first time these two teams meet. It, what it's really going to come down to is can Decatur's run defense be good enough against Wicomico, and then can Decatur run the football enough uh, to keep it balanced and to be able to throw play action and, and be effective in the passing game without being one-dimensional. So can you stop the run and can you run the football enough? That's going to be the uh, that's going to be the question. I have to assume Decatur's not going to try to come anywhere near kicking to a Leatherberry or to a Jace Freeman. Yeah. Absolutely, and if they do, they should be fired. Uh, so uh, let's bring in David Inslee. He's with us uh, as well now uh, with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, and uh, uh, hopefully his phone straightens up. I mean, he, I'm getting a little pop there. Um, but, you know, the other game is Ken Island and North Carolina. Ken Island cruised to an easy win, 51-8 over C. Milton Wright. And then North Carolina Man, three touchdowns from Mason McFadden. You had 244 yards and a seven, including a 77-yard touchdown on the ground from uh, from Owen Doyle. And you've got the recipe for what can be a fantastic game this Friday night for yet another Preston Ford game of the week. 
Oh, we saw in the game the uh, first time around at Kent Island. I mean, North Carolina was right in that game 17-14 until the fourth quarter, and then things got away from them. It was uh, a penalty-plagued third quarter for them. But absolutely, I mean, they match up in the trenches physically very well with this Kent Island team, Mark. So if they're able to run the football, and that's going to be no easy task. I mean, that's the issue is that can you stay on schedule against a very good Kent Island team? Because if you get the third and longs, that could be problematic. They're not built uh, to come back that way on a series or you know down a couple of scores in a game. Now, the rotating quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, they're side bell, a sophomore. That could end up being an X factor here with his passing ability. He could run as well uh, if he could be effective enough, although you're putting him in a really pressure-filled situation there in a big-time playoff game on the road. But if he can uh, help them out in those regards where they need his passing, that could be the X factor. But again, it's going to be can the offense stay on schedule? Can they establish the run enough and be effective enough when they do have to throw the football? That's going to be the question. For Ken Island, to their credit, even though they weren't always getting a bunch of yards on the ground against a tough North Carolina front they were running the ball enough to keep them honest because North Carolina's D-line would often get quite a pass rush on the Kent Island offensive line when Kent Island would, Kent Island would be throwing the football so those are the areas to watch on Friday night but is this a winnable game for North Carolina oh certainly it is and it's going to be a good one it will be our Preston Ford game of the week presented by Best Western Plus Easton and for all seasons Mike Bradley and Matt Griffith will be on the call for that one and uh, Luke Matrinko will be checking in from Decatur and Y High uh, in Salisbury on that as well. We'll talk 1A coming up next right here on uh, Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey Delmarva, the instant offer event continues right here at the Preston Autoplex. Just send us a video of your vehicle along with its mileage and VIN and we can get you an instant cash offer in just minutes. Or bring it in to one of our dealerships and we can appraise your vehicle right on the spot. No purchase necessary. Plus you get huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, Lincolns, Mazda, Nissan, Hyundais and Genesis and a great selection of pre-owned vehicles all at one location. We offer 0% financing with select new vehicles with approved credit. That's right, 0% financing is available. In a time where vehicles are limited for most, here at the Preston Autoplex, we boast one of the largest inventories on the East Coast. There's hundreds to choose from. Plus, with every new vehicle purchase, you receive Preston for Life, a lifetime engine guarantee as our investment in you. You can also text Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N, to 43386. To learn more, that number again is 43386. Text Preston. So come see us during the instant offer event at the Preston Autoplex. And you can always shop online and we'll deliver at PrestonMotor.com. Remember, cars cost less in Preston. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group is sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. David Inslee's with us now as well. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and boy, let's talk about a game that... Uh, I, I had no idea it was the first program playoff win or the first playoff win in program history for Colonel Richardson on Friday night. And boy, they did it a big 72 to nothing. And Ensley, you were there. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I just got word Colonel scored. Colonel what? They just scored again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they did. It was easy against Washington, a team that as as impressive as it was that they scored 72 points, 
Washington didn't score a single point all year, Mike. No, they did not, in addition to being winless. So that's – look, that, that kind of compounds what has been a difficult year for them. You'd like to think that somewhere along the line, offense, defense, special teams, they could score a point, and they did not. So you feel for those kids, you hope for a much better 22 campaign. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, uh, Ansley, Colonel will now host Surrattsville. It was an easy mm-hmm. game for him with uh, – uh, w- with Washington. They'd beaten the daylights out of them before. This one is going to be a little tougher. Surrattsville knocks off Kent County to advance. It's going to be a tougher matchup. The big question is, is Colonel able to withstand a bigger school in Surrattsville? Uh, I think they're going to be able to give them a good game. I think Colonel's going to have to play a far better game to win it than they did against Washington. Now, now, for people that go, well, they scored 72 points on Washington. Yeah, but Washington probably had the worst team ever in, in school history this year, just, you know, with with COVID and with, I mean, granted, COVID affected everyone, but they just looked rough. I've seen some bad teams up and down the shore, and this was probably the worst Washington team I've seen. Now, remember, I've, I've been present for all but one of the Washington playoff games in the school's history. That only one that I missed was the state semifinal in 2003 when they lost to Bell High. I think it was 13 to nothing on the road because I couldn't cost justified driving to Cumberland to cover a team that was out of our circulation area back when I worked in Cambridge Paper. So that said, I watched them when they lost to Poolsville in 1989. I just happened to be working on the Cambridge Paper then, and then 14 years later, they didn't go to the playoffs until '03. And I saw them beat Snow Hill, or I saw them beat Cambridge in week 11 that year, first round. And then I saw them beat Snow Hill in the regional. And then, of course, there was this playoff game uh, Friday night, which was, it it was brutal. I've seen some bad games. Uh, Kent County losing at home to Y High about 15 years ago, 78 to nothing. This was arguably worse. David, real quick, because I don't want to take the attention away from Colonel, but have, do you remember another team that never scored a point in a season? Uh, Colonel had a couple of years where they only scored once or twice. And again, in 1989, I was doing color commentary with Dwayne Apt as the play-by-play guy for WAAI for Colonel's five home games, and I think they only but, scored two or three all year. But they but scored zero, points. No. Right. But they scored points. Right. Anyone who didn't score... It may have happened in the history of North Dorchester there towards the end of the program in the late 60s, but I think they even put a few points on the board before they folded that mm. program. Yeah. Yeah. I would maybe look into Pocomoke, but Pocomoke actually had a couple years before they folded, they actually went into the deep playoffs in the very late 70s, early 80s. I think their last season was 85 with football. Hmm. Now, I, I got. Um... I, I won't say who, but I had a coach in the Bayside tell me that uh, compared to the Kent County Surrattsville game, that Colonel will play better D than Kent County, and Surrattsville will not be able to stop Colonel's running game. That coach actually likes Colonel, but to your point, though, the competition will obviously be a lot better. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you know Colonel won't win the game, uh, but uh, that said, that was one coach's opinion about the matchup for this Friday. Yeah, it's it's a winnable game for colonel but that said what i tend to look at when i see these games is i I run almost all of them through the prism of bayside teams in the playoffs against out of conference opposition and bayside teams in the playoffs tend to struggle against out of conference opposition 
somewhat mightily, it, it turns out, except during that Queen Anne's dynasty from, you know, 08 to 10 when they went 37-3 and three as a varsity program and nothing was short of the state semis was a loss. Well, as evidenced by this weekend, Mark, 2-3, and three, the Bayside 2-3 and three in playoff games against teams outside of the Bayside. Right. And, and looking at this Colonel roster, they have 24 players. Or 20, yeah, 24 players, and 11 of them are seniors. And yeah, so half of their roster is gone after this year. Now they have some younger players, I, I think, or at least I hope, because they're going to have to fill the the they, bucket they up again. They do because you're looking at uh, yeah, this is James Jackson did a hell of a job this year. There's no doubt about it. We're going to get him uh, on with us once the playoffs are over for them. Uh, but uh, he did a hell of a job this year and needs to be commended. But for the job he did this year, it's going to be twice as hard next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bars, the bars being set, and then it's being raised, and then, like you mentioned, the attrition of losing half your team to graduation. But think about it this way: North Carolina, they tend to graduate 150 of their players every year, and so does their band because when they have homecoming, their marching band always runs long with their 37-minute, you know, commemoration of seniors and their endless anecdotes. But uh, Ken Island you've always to graduate been a, you've a lot of kids. You've always been a North Carolina hater, Hensley. Uh, yeah, I've been accused of hating every school except <laughs> Kent County and North Dorchester, which is hilarious being as I graduated from North Dorchester. So... But, no, you could time some of these halftime shows with a calendar, Mark. And, you know, I, I got stuff to do. There's a gentleman's club in Seaford that needs my one. So, <laughs> Well, I tell you, Colonel Richardson. I thought uh, that closed down years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> Ansley well, still somebody's goes. over there taking my money. <laughs> Ansley still goes there and sits at the door, just waits for people to stop by. So, But uh, it is going to be a good game this week. It's a 7 o'clock start time. So, uh, yeah, they're they're going. State, That's late for they're them. Going state late, yeah. yeah. Seven o'clock. Yeah, they're also time. going. They're also going state administration of ticket purchases too. I don't know if you guys had heard about this, but you can't buy tickets at the gate for the playoffs this week. You have to buy them through some site. Yeah, you that buy the them MPSA online. Administers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Which, DIA just did the same thing next door in Delaware. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Any idea? Well, because uh, less people contacting COVID. Yeah. So buy your tickets Ow. online because no exchange now, of money, no exchange of money, not dealing with people face to face except so the for the ticket stands are closed or? Well, I didn't say that. Let's not get into this. We're not a political <laughs> podcast, but not politics is common sense. Yeah, I know. Well, again, <laughs> the two have never gone hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. But but um, yeah, so so just everybody needs to be aware of that. They can find that I would imagine on the mpfsa.org site if they wanted to get more information about the tickets. Of course. And, and the local school athletic departments are sending out information as well to all the parents okay, great. and fans. So. Great. So hopefully that won't affect the gate. That would be a bummer if somebody who didn't know, well, well, you know showed up. And I'm glad you said that, affecting the gate. Because, you know, the game that we saw the other night at uh, Decatur had a great crowd. Pictures mm-hmm. I saw from the Y High game, not so great crowd. Yeah, I was surprised the, about the that. The pictures yeah. I saw the, from your camera at Colonel Richardson, not so great pr- crowd. What is, what is up with this? I mean, these schools well, deserve the support. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Colonel's a small school, and they actually had a fair amount of turnout, but you got to factor in two things. One, Colonel was playing a winless team, 
And two, Washington's fans who were there were rooting for a winless team. And let's be honest, nobody walking into that stadium had any real doubt as to who was going to win that game. You still so show up for your team. that's going to affect the game. You, you do, but some people don't. And that's just human nature. Wicomico County High School. Wicomico County High Schools tend not to be well represented in the stands anyway. I can remember, you know, homecoming season end game between Bennett and Y High with playoffs on the line, and there weren't 600 people in the stands total out of Salisbury. And bear in mind, Wicomico County has 100,000 people. It's the most populated county on the eastern shore of Maryland by a significant margin, and they couldn't get 700 people to show up to a high school football game between two city teams. My point is you have your local school playing in a home playoff game because that doesn't happen often. They have hosted a home playoff game before against a winless team that you know that there's a pretty darn good chance that they're going to win, and it's their first playoff win in program history, and you're not getting off your butt and coming out and supporting them in the stands? I don't buy it. It's not fair to the kids. It's It, it may well not be fair to the kids in our eyes, but a lot of people – Simply, it boggles our my mind as a sports person how few how many people aren't into sports. Because to me, I mean, I paid the bills that way for 17 years, so I'm going to be. But there are just a lot of people that just it's not their cup of tea. Now, granted, you've got other people like you know Colonel Richardson, basketball coach Brad Pluchak out there who's coaching the boys this winter. He was there with his family watching the game, and. You know, of course, he's a teacher. Where's his team? So on and so forth. It was at Colonel. No, but <laughs> they were on the field. So. Oh, well, well that's, was, yeah, actually, was, that's true. His that's team was true. on the field, too. But <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. That's the thing is most people have a, who have a real vested interest in it or who want to be with friends will go. You know, the historical aspect of a small school that hasn't won a playoff game ever winning a playoff game it's it's a cool line to read in a newspaper article but a lot of people will not it's or, not one of those where were you moments or on shoresportsmd.com on the overtime live page right well so. that's kind of what i meant because we're well, we're a publisher too. well two well two things and we didn't make mention of this yet most points scored for colonel in a varsity game as david pointed out the other night but to that end mark i guess the question is and i'm not saying they're not but it's very important that one of the head coach's jobs of any program to me is to get the student body involved. And then the administration and the athletic director also need to continue to get the student body involved, let them know the significance of this game and of what they've accomplished this year. So it, it takes a team effort there, and I think that's part of it. And I don't mean to, to continue to bring Jake up all the time, but that's what Jake's done at Stephen Decatur. Part of his job, part of the macro view is I've got to get out into the student body and I need to get out into the community and let them know we need the support. We're building something big. And he's done that, and that's what other schools have to do. I'm not saying they're not trying, but I'm just saying, obviously, the results aren't there yet. And they're hand-in-hand. Hand. I think they go hand-in-hand hand from, from the coach to the AD to the administration in the school to the student body. The student body knows there's a football game at home on Friday night. And every single one of those kids, if you are a sports fan, and you show up at a basketball game or a volleyball game, you need to get your butt out to the football game and cheer those your players on, your and the classmates other, on. The other teams in the program, if at all possible, every team should be represented with at least some of the players, if they're not already playing, right. to support the team as well. But anyway, we've killed that horse. So, uh, uh, so 
Good luck to Colonel Richardson this coming Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff against Surrattsville. Inslee, you going to be there reporting for us? That I'm not sure about oh, yet. But I think Colonel's going to, like I said, now, Colonel is going to have to play one of their best games of the year in order to beat the Hornets. I think that Surrattsville's very athletic. They also play some bigger competition. Now, granted, we do two over here on the shore. We run into the two A's and three A's with one A ball. But it's a little bit of a different breed of horse across the bridge in terms of football. And we've gone around about this in state poll discussions and other things. But Surrattsville is bringing a better 1A team than most of the 1As here are used to seeing. So Colonel's going to have to bring their A game. And this would be a week for the crowd to show up because maybe they didn't need the crowd last week. They're going to need a little bit of a crowd this week. It wouldn't help. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt to get that help out there in the you know in the stands. I have three, four hundred voices, whereas you only had 150. I want Friday. student bodies back to what Scott Abraham created when he was with WBOC, where a lot of students are out there. We're back with more on Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. All right, this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. All right, so we've been talking football. we got to go to 1A2A. We haven't gotten to that yet uh, because it's important to note Cambridge went down to Salisbury on Saturday and came back with a 24-12 win. Uh, Mike, you spoke to Coach Peer about his team, and you picked Parkside to beat Cambridge, and when I told you the score, you were stunned on Saturday. Well, I was because uh, Cambridge against two A's this year has not performed very well. Uh, Parkside, I thought, in the trenches would have the advantage, win the battle of attrition. I know from a skill player standpoint, Cambridge probably matched Parkside fairly well, but I thought Parkside at the end would win in the trenches. Uh, here's the deal, and, and I, I did talk to Coach Peer, and he said that they want a guts and determination, and I asked him, I said, did your guys overperform in the trenches, or did you guys match up in the trenches better than I thought? He said a little bit of both, but the kids played real hard many of our kids had to increase their snaps due to about 11 kids being injured i mean that's a huge deal now conversely parkside and this is a big number parkside turned the ball over five times and it was a 21 point swing according to coach riley of parkside so when you take a look at that score at what 24 to 12 i mean 21 of those 24 points uh, off turnovers that's a huge deal and yeah five times doesn't matter to a 1a that that's going to be tough to overcome in most cases and and there you have it but you still tip your cap to cambridge that is a heck of a win for them and for parkside obviously i know those guys are majorly disappointed and it hasn't quite been the year that they have been accustomed to here as they've uh, not had a losing season since i think 2012 now and now their their reward for winning that game is <laughs> they're going to hartford tech a team we're very familiar with 
by playing in the two-way. And this is the quasi setup where everybody gets in the playoffs, and it's the byproduct is we've created a 1A, 2A division, and instead of Hartford Tech playing in the 2A, where they should be, they're stepping down, much like Parkside did. They're stepping down into the 1A, 2A, and well, thanks to Cambridge's win, they're going on the road to Bel Air to play Hartford Tech. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. Be yeah. a very tough one for them, and it'll be an uphill battle. They certainly will not be the favorites, but hey, for the kids that are coming back next year, this is very valuable experience for them. Yeah, David, you live in Cambridge. I mean, have you heard the uh, scuttlebutt on the street about how you know uh, how victorious this team feels and the confidence going into Hartford Tech? Um, I think there is there's that cautious optimism that you always get at this point in the season. Um, you know, they're like we we want to win, but we've got tape to look at, and we're going to see you know how it goes from there. I'd heard I'd heard talk of there being internal strife on the team before the game and all this bunch of rigmarole, and apparently whatever that was got resolved because they played pretty well Saturday. And of course, Riley told me they only had four turnovers, but five wouldn't surprise me. He said they played. The way he put it was they just didn't play anything like the game that he thought they were capable of. And, you know, it happens sometimes. He said they had a great week week practice, like I told Mike Friday night. They were really stoked about everything, and yet they come in and – you know, kind of laid an egg. It's just, and David, though, it's surprising because given the fact that for some, this is their final, or potentially their final game, if they don't win, you would not expect that there would be any flatness uh, to the team, and you would expect maybe more of a hyper-focus. I guess that would be the surprise uh, with the turnovers there. And, yeah, I mean, he's whatever, whether it was four or five, doesn't matter. That's still a lot of turnovers, and so that is really surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Riley was probably the most – surprised of the bunch you know oh, because he you know, he had home field yep. you know bigger school with more draw slightly and you know a lot of athletes a good week of practice and then you come in and you know you lose essentially at home by two scores because the stadium's what a mile from the high school so yeah it was it was a stunner it was a stunner but that said some of the CSD people don't consider it an upset you know like LL Cool J used to say don't call this a comeback I've been here for years and, uh, I, you know, CSD's always been able to produce athletes. And What's... that's something that, that, you know, they showed a little bit on Friday night. They got the job done when they needed to. When the ball was on the ground, they were the ones in the right place to pick it up. And, and that goes, you know as well as I do, Mike, look at college, look at the pros, that turnover ratio. If you get to a minus two, your chances of winning a game drop astronomically. And if CSD didn't turn the ball over, then Parkside's looking at a minus five turnover ratio. Oh, dude, you're done. Yeah, you're done. So, yeah, and I agree. It's it's not a from a well trying to take a look objectively. It's not a major upset. It's but it's an upset. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an upset on the one to ten scale. I'd give it about a five and a half. I'd give it a seven or an eight because honestly, with the with the inner turmoil you were talking about and and everything else going on and the fact that you know Parkside, you kind of thought that uh, they'd be able to come through and like Mike said, be super focused and. It just didn't happen, and Cambridge went in and, you know, took names, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got to say that the the talk of there being any issues inside the team, I, I think, to be honest, I don't even know why it even got brought up by me a few minutes ago because they just, from the tape I've looked at on Sunday evening, they looked good. Uh, what I could see on the sidelines of the tape, you don't see a lot of it, but you don't see anything weird going on there. You know, so well. The nice thing I, is I they had they had a week and a half to smooth it over. 
So because they didn't play that last week and uh, they had a week and a half to smooth it over. And now here we are. We're in the playoffs and they're heading to play Hartford Tech in Bel Air. Yeah. And to battle through, you know, what was it, 11 injuries? Yeah, that's that's half Colonel's team. Well, and that's and that's the thing that makes it uh, an even mo- more monumental uh, of a win is is the kids being injured. We'll see how many of them they get back, and we'll, we'll have to find out. It's still an uphill battle, but hey, Cambridge lives to to see another day. So and, and, kudos Mar- to them. and Marty Bailey sitting there saying, "All right, how many of those injured kids play basketball? Because basketball <laughs> season starts. Yeah, he's going to want to know on the fifteenth of November." David Insley joining us, and uh, of course, we, we're good to have you. Know, glad to have him with us at Shore Sports MD. You can check out his uh, little story he did on the Colonel Richardson victory. Uh, you can find it on the Overtime Live page. You can also get there by simply going to OvertimeLive.net. David, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, take care. David Inslee. And, uh, again, you can find his writings with us. Uh, he's a part of the team now here at uh, Shore Sports MD. We have got uh, more to talk about coming right up here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Chinch Exports Locker is your go-to place for your local high school sports team spirit wear. Need a t-shirt, hoodie, or hat? How about a mask or a neck gaiter? Chinchek customizes apparel for any local high school, fire department, police department, or business. Family owned and operated by a first responder himself, Chinchek Sports Locker can set up an online store for you. Go to ChinchekSportsLocker.com or stop by and see them in the alley between Acme and Joanne Fabrics in Easton. Chinchek Sports Locker, the official apparel provider of Overtime Live. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is presented by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the Midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get any more information at Queenstown Bank locations or go to queenstownbank.com. We got one more football game to talk about we haven't mentioned yet, and that was J.M. Bennett. They lost a long reach in the 3A, uh, and they'll finish their season winless. Yeah, and it's been a while. I, I don't think they've gone. I mean, you look back the last 17 years that we can go back online where some of that's kept. They've at least won one game. I, th- this may be their first winless season ever. I, mean, I, yeah, I hate to say they're at least going back in the last 40 years. So it's been obviously a rough go of it. It's been a rough spring, a rough fall. Hopefully they're able to turn things around there in Salisbury because you've got a Parkside program that has been very steady over the last 10 years as we talked about. And then Wicomico has gotten things ramped up again. Uh, matched uh, eight wins for the first time since 2012. Hosted a playoff game for the first time since 2011. So so right now, things are heating up there, and, and Bennett needs to play some catch-up, so they have some work to do. But, yeah, they fell 48-6. to six. I, I think I wrote 48 nothing, and somebody says, well, it's actually 48-6. Well, it was 48-8, tr- according to the MPS. Okay, 48-8. Yeah. Trying to read the scoreboard, though, in the yeah. lower left-hand <laughs> corner online at the end of the game is very difficult. <laughs> I had to squint, and even then you couldn't you couldn't make it out. And, and by the way, I mean, you mentioned Kent Island, North Carolina. Their matchup, Kent Island, a rolled over Seamount right. Uh, they ran the football and they're still running yeah. uh, in that uh, in that win there against the uh, Mustangs. Begin two and three the Bayside against uh, teams outside of the Bayside with Kent Island and North Carolina the victors, but then Kent County, James M. Bennett, and Snow Hill. That was right. the other game. Snow yeah. Hill fell to Bow Manor uh, on the road the other night in a one A matchup. That was the other game as well. So two and three 
and uh, now we're we're off to the next round. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to that. I want to switch gears here and talk uh, volleyball. Uh, the uh, why the uh, volleyball teams uh, the playoffs uh, they're in the region semifinals on Monday night the region finals on Wednesday if things go chalk I would suspect North Dorchester is probably going to be hosting Snow Hill although Colonel Richardson has a chance to beat Snow Hill on Monday night in that contest uh, which would be last night if you're listening to this on a Tuesday but North Dorchester their volleyball team has been pretty darn special this year. They've only lost twice. Both were to Decatur. Okay. And, you know, so other than Decatur, they've beaten everybody. Yeah. And they have a real good chance of going far in the 1A playoffs. But it's got to start with winning against Kent and then winning the region title, which would be their first. Well, that's outstanding. I mean, any time, and I think that's one of the things we really love about covering high school sports, Mark, is in covering these teams is that uh, you'll have teams that will accomplish something for the first time ever or for the first time in 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years. And so it's neat to be able to follow them along on the ride on, on one of these special seasons. Yeah, every program would love to have a winning season every year. But as we know, that doesn't happen for everybody. But to, to have a program that may have languished for a while and then all of a sudden they have that year, that golden year, uh, it's really great to be able to share in that. And, you know, part Part of me wishes that we could get together at like 3 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday morning to record like a portion of the broadcast for, for this stuff because tonight, uh, Monday night also, you had Easton hosting North Carolina and Ken Island hosting, or make that, uh, yeah, Queen Anne's hosting Ken Island. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams, all four of those teams have beat each other this year. So it's a toss-up as to where the region final is going to be on Wednesday as of our recording. Mm-hmm. But North Carolina and Easton, they split. Queen Anne's and Kent Island, they split. Uh, split. Queen Anne's had beaten Easton. So I'm looking forward to seeing how these roll out. The good news is, is Matt Andrews is going to be at North Dorchester uh, for Monday night's. I make that uh, Easton for Monday night's game, and he'll be at North Dorchester on Wednesday, Wednesday night's game as long as North Dorchester wins, as we expect, right. uh, to cover all of those for Shore Sports MD. Well, I can tell you this. I'm up at 3 a.m., Mark. So if you want to uh, get up and record me, you're me. willing to come here. No. Well, no, no, I'm not willing to come here. I can't because I'll be on the road to work. But I'm willing to call in and, and talk with you. I can do it via Bluetooth. That's not a problem. Now it's good. The onus would be on you waking up at three a.m. to Well, do it. and see, that was my point. You know, radio is a fictitious thing at times, and that it was a fictitious desire. <laughs> so. I figure, I figured it was. But anyway, back to the point. I think it's really intriguing to your point about having a matchup for a third time against a team and. At that point, sometimes you just throw all you throw everything out at that point that you know the other team so well that it's just a matter of as they say execution who's going to execute better you know what they're going to do they know what you're going to do you could probably anticipate what tweaks they'll make or adjustments and vice versa and you've already done that the second time around anyway when the two teams have matched up so the third time around sometimes it's more not about outsmarting it's just hey who's going to execute out execute the other team uh, let's shift our focus to boys soccer here real quick because 
J.M. Bennett, their boys' soccer team, is the number one seed mm-hmm. in the 3A state tournament. Yeah, they beat Franklin the other yeah, day. So, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. they are going to be um, facing off against the Chapticon Braves okay. out of Morganza, Maryland, Southern Maryland, uh, in the state semifinals this coming Saturday at 5 o'clock. So they got a lot of time to get ready for that. Yeah, one. so you've got uh, the other side of the semifinals in the 3A is Tuscora and C. Milton Wright. And the winners will meet on Saturday, um, and that is uh, that in itself is pretty darn impressive, uh, with J M Bennett able to make it that far. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we were talking about Parkside uh, the other yeah, day, and but Parkside is also in the state semifinals yep. uh, in the two A, and they're going to be facing the five seed Glenelg Gladiators. Okay, from Howard County. Uh, from yeah. Howard County, yeah. and then on the other side of their bracket in the two A is Century. And Hartford Tech. Okay. And uh, so yeah, Hartford Tech's the seventh seed, and they made it that far wow. to the semifinals. Yeah. So. You, you get those occasionally that pop yeah. up, but uh, that's uh, for the Bayside South, that's a heck of an accomplishment for Parkside and Bennett to, to make it that far. Absolutely. And uh, if you're interested in the 1A, uh, Falston is uh, in the final uh, after they beat uh, uh, Pocomoke, semifinals rather, after they beat Pocomoke mm-hmm. uh, 4-1. It's a lot um, of travel. Yeah, you you think Friday. about that. We just talked yeah. about you know Franklin and, and Bennett, and you look at some of these games on the Western Shore, too. You know, Carroll and Hartford counties, it's such a lot of, lot of traveling for these teams to play. Absolutely. Uh, in girls' soccer, you know the way it's the way it's playing out uh, when you when you look at the one uh, a it it hasn't gone so well. Snow Hill lost to uh, uh, Brunswick, so they mm-hmm. were eliminated, and uh, so we don't have any local teams in, in the one a. When it comes to the two a, uh, Parkside was the one that was representing the uh, the region. You know, in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. and I believe they lost. As I'm sitting here looking for the uh, state tournament link, there it is. Yeah, they did. They lost to Glen Elg seven nothing. And Glen Elg is really good. I was good. I mean, seven nothing for those that don't know soccer that well. That that's a major blowout. You know, a blow, you know, t- usually a blowout in a soccer game, you'd say mark three nothing, four nothing at the max. But seven nothing, you don't see those scores often. Yeah, and of course we didn't have a, a team in the three A. Uh, girls to advance so you know one of the things though in a sport when you've got a lone team from the shore that is going a distance and has made it say to the state semifinals I, I yeah i have to assume other than maybe the team that's their arch rival you're rallying behind that school because they're representing everybody at that point so it's a it's a team effort to to wish them well wish them on but um you know the 1a usually mark in sports has been fairly well represented uh, across the state and into the playoffs i know especially with basketball for instance boys and girls but uh, unfortunately not on the uh girls or boys side i guess of soccer this year we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh the uh, uh field hockey because yeah. we have some state semifinalists in field hockey in the one mm-hmm. A. Pocomoke is going to be playing Liberty um, on. Uh, let's see, the eleventh. That's Thursday. Oh, where's that game going to be? Uh, no, I'm not sure where that one is. Well, I, either I, way, I, again, yeah. that that's Carroll County. That's uh, Eldersburg Route 26. That's a long distance. Depending on who's got to travel to who, that's well, a long well, distance it's, game. It's held in a neutral. Oh, it's going to be yeah, neutral. It, okay, because that's right. Because of the playoffs. And then the semis. championships yeah. are held at Washington College on Saturday. Okay. So if you make it to the to the okay. championships, I know Easton is going to be representing the two way. Nice. Uh, yep. They are going to be. Uh, they're the five seed, 
and they knocked off Huntingtown 5 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ella Chandler scored four goals in that one. I heard you mention yeah. that Friday night. That's huge. Yeah. Four goals. Yep. And uh, they advanced to play Glen Elg, who eliminated Queen Anne's 5 0. How about Glen Elg all over the place here? Yeah. And a... uh, so Glen Elg and uh, Easton will play at 5 30 Thursday. That one's at Broadneck. Okay, in okay, Anne Arundel County. In Anne Arundel yeah. County, okay. just across the bridge. Yeah, not too far for Easton, not and too bad. And the other half of their semifinal bracket is Hereford and Manchester Valley. So okay. the winners will meet on Saturday in the state championship at uh, Washington College. Yeah, nice. So pretty impressive Chestertown. There. Yeah, so yeah, it's good to see that we have teams uh, from the shore representing well. And uh, good luck to all of those teams uh, that are going to be representing the Bayside. And you were out at... Uh, Ken Island Queen Anne's for a field hockey game recently. Yeah, yeah, I was at Ken Island High School last Thursday mm-hmm. um, for the region championship. Right, right. And uh, what and a one game. goal, one what goal. A game that was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I thought we were going to go to overtime because I mean that's the way the Wednesday night soccer game worked out that I went to with North uh, that's Carolina. That's right. Yeah, you've been burning the candle at yeah. both ends. God so, bless you. Yeah. But uh, you know, Ken Island scored, and the official ruled that the ball never cleared the circle. So when they have that. Uh, uh, Box. I don't know what they call it because I'm not a field An aficionado. aficionado. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Brooke. But, she was a field So they had, the, they had the ball on the baseline, as I would call it, okay. and they <laughs> and they pass it out, and it's got to clear the circle before they can take it in and shoot a goal. Mm-hmm. And it never cleared the circle, and they scored. Now, you ask Ken Island, and they'll tell you it cleared the circle. Well, I'm sure. So, <laughs> And unfortunately, my camera angle didn't allow me to see if it cleared the circle, all I saw was a shot coming back in, mm-hmm. and it got passed around a little bit and beat around and finally squeaked through and into the goal, and the official waved it off, and uh, it stayed one nothing, and that's the way it finished. But a great defensive game uh, on that one. It's sad to see that Shanna Quarter and her team couldn't advance further, losing to Glen Elk, because it would have been pretty cool to see Easton and Queen Anne's play. Right, you know, in the state semis, because now with the way they do things, that's possible. Yeah, I guess Ken Island was rooting for Glen Elgin that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were probably rooting. They were probably rooting for Queen. Uh, I don't know yeah, about that. Right yeah, I guess you're right. This is timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. We're back talking college. And this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by Pretmore Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Pret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Pretmore Therapy Associates. Their phone number 410-604-2982. All right, college football on the docket, Maryland and Penn State. What more can you say about that? Well, the game was really a, a tight game down to uh, midway through the fourth quarter. And uh, there was a pick six late in the game, so the score is not as indicative. You know, Maryland, despite their mistakes, had a chance in this one. But at the end of the day, you know, I thought they left the defense on the field too much. And Jahan Dotson, that's their number one target, Mark. You gotta, You got to contain him. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop him, but you gotta contain him, you gotta limit him. They did not. They gave up over two hundred yards in receiving to him, and that's just a very poor job done by the defense. Offensively, they cannot run the football to save their life, and that's hurting them as well. But they were in this game for a while, Mark. They really were, 
But again, they've got to play better and eliminate the penalties, but the mistakes and defensively, you can't give up that much to their star player. No, absolutely not. And I was watching the game uh, when I was sitting in Cooter Browns uh, down at Rehoboth uh, having dinner and uh, you know, saw Penn State start to pull away and uh, and make a difference in that game. But uh, yeah, it's Maryland, there's still hope that they're going to get a bowl bid. Well, they're still one game away, but they've got Michigan State this Saturday. What and- happened to them? Well, <laughs> they they come off a win over uh, Michigan. I know. I'm. T- I, it's not the first time that they mail it in the next week. Uh, Purdue, look, Purdue had already knocked off. If you remember, they had knocked off Iowa at Iowa. Purdue's got some players, they, especially offensively. They've got some players. Hank, their defense is tenth in the country in scoring points allowed. So they've been good in that in that aspect of it. Uh, but I really shouldn't be an excuse for Michigan State. Yeah, that's a road game, but they should have won that game. But they uh, they gave up so many yards in the air to Aiden O'Connell and the Purdue offense. Their secondary is uh, a weak point for them, Mark, and it showed. Uh, no doubt about that. But Maryland, to your point, Maryland's got Michigan State Saturday, then Michigan at home for Senior Day the following week, and then Rutgers, who got boat raced uh, by Wisconsin this past weekend. Wisconsin finding themselves all of a sudden. Really, the the best chance of winning is that Rutgers game, but that's going to be on the road, and that's no gimme. But yeah, they're one game away from being bowl eligible. If they do that, that's certainly it's a step in the right direction. Haven't been to a bowl since 2016. All right, uh, Purdue blowing out Michigan State. We just mentioned that. Yep. And uh, Penn State beating Maryland 31-14. Uh, Alabama rolled tight. They uh, they squeaked by LSU. And yeah, they when did. I say squeak, they squeaked by 20-14. And that's a banged-up LSU team. But realize LSU, they still have a heck of a lot of talent on that team. And so I, can can you say a guy, the team that's fighting, even though their coach is done at the end of the year, they're still fighting hard. They want to send Coach O out as much of a winner as possible. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised about that. The guys rallied. They're rallying. North Carolina grad Kendron Wayman plays for Wake Forest and they had been unbeaten uh, coming into their game with yeah. UNC on uh, Saturday and they lost. They were 13th in the nation and they lost to UNC 58-55. Well, they were well 13th. That may have been a CFP ranking, I think, but they were ninth at one point. Yeah. Uh, I believe AP ninth. Anyway, bottom line is, yeah, North Carolina, who, remember, folks, they were a preseason top 15 team at one point. They may have been as high as 10 or 12. Uh, they still have talent on that team, and Sam Howell is going to be an NFL you know, quarterback. Now, how high he gets drafted after what happened this year, I don't know, or how low, but uh, they've got talent on that team. But, yeah, Wake Forest gave up a bit too many points in that one. Yes, they did. Oh, they so. scored a lot. They certainly scored plenty. Let's talk about uh, local schools. Uh, Salisbury doing well, getting it done. Uh, they win 37-23 in a uh, back-and-forth battle that uh, Sal- Salisbury come out on top. And uh, a game that, uh, I tell you, it's uh, Salisbury's getting it done, and they now clinch the NJAC title with that victory. Yeah, I mean, for Salisbury, really the question every year is is how far can they go in the playoffs? I mean, they've been pretty consistent in the NJAC during the regular season. Sherman Wood and those guys uh, have won a lot of football games and been very consistent with their uh, offensive approach. And we'll see. We'll see. They lost to Wisconsin Whitewater early in the year, first game, I think it was. Um, so they they're, they're battle tested. They play. They know what kind of uh, you know what kind of game it's going to take to win in the playoffs against some of the better D three teams. And uh, they cannot turn the ball over four times like they did against TCNJ uh, this week when they wrap up their regular season against the William Patterson Pioneers. 
and that's a home game, and it starts at 1 o'clock. So uh, I know that they're hoping to make it into a uh, the, uh, the tournament. So Yeah, they should. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's going to clinch their second consecutive berth in the NCAA tournament. And uh, so congratulations to them. Another team hoping to get a bowl game is going to be Frostburg. So uh, Frostburg now up to 17 in the AFCA poll after they beat West Virginia Wesleyan this weekend 55-14. Now we make mention of Frostburg just so folks know because of the fact that Frostburg's got a number of Eastern Shore High School players that have graduated that play for them. Obviously the college is in Western Maryland, but a number of Shore representatives there, uh, including head coach uh, or former head coach, maybe soon to be head coach again, Matt Griffin, (laughs) and uh, and his son who plays for Frostburg. Yeah, and Zach Strand, who's on uh, IR now, if there was an IR in college. Right. He'll go back next year now um, as well because of his uh, redshirt year uh, due to the injury. But there's a lot of players that come from Maryland that play there. I'm scrolling through uh, trying to look at the roster, but there is a uh, there there is a good contingent, and they're continuing to offer. I think Frostburg just offered Ashton Snellshire um, a, a an opportunity. Yeah, to play actually, there as couple, well. yeah, actually, a couple months ago now, a month and a half or so ago, that that, that news did come out that uh, he's been offered by them. So we'll see if he decides to, to take him up on that or not. Yeah, Keontae Nutter, uh, who uh, played uh, for Washington, um, he is there. He's a running back uh, for the uh, uh, for Frostburg. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, with all due respect, coming from Washington, that's impressive to go to D2 like that. Yeah, well, if you remember a couple of years ago, Snow Hill, who didn't win a game or maybe won just one game, they had like five kids go to the next level to play. So, you know, it's good that they're able to get recruited and get out of there um, and uh, and play. So no, agree. No, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and part part of their issue has just been a numbers game as much as anything. Yeah. You you wear down when you have a team that only has fifteen, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like there's going to be more people playing uh, out there for Frostburg over the next several years. You mentioned Drew Griffith. Uh, you've got Derek Dua out there as well. Mm-hmm. He's a sophomore. He came from Easton High School. Yep, remember. So him. yeah, so there there's you know there's a good number of kids. You got uh, um, Trinell. Clanton, who is a redshirt freshman from Cambridge. You've got Grant Copper out there as well from Easton. So uh, these are the kids that are all out there at, uh, at at Frostburg. So, yeah, which is kudos to them. I, I think it's good that these kids can go off and, and play at, uh, at the next level. Uh, before we go, I guess we need to mention uh, your Ravens. The good news is my Redskins did not lose this weekend. Yeah, that's right. They were on a bye. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, didn't have to tell us that. Just... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, the yeah the Ravens coming off the bye and John Harbaugh coming into the game was I think ten and three uh, in, in games coming off the bye. They got they got the dub down seventeen three at one point. And they did not – they're probably the worst special teams game. It was the worst special teams game of the year. And they're ranked number one in the NFL in special teams as a whole. Uh, so that didn't help. Lamar Jackson did not get off to a good start. Uh, the defense, which has been inconsistent this year, gave up some big plays, including a bomb to Justin Jefferson. But 
to their credit, they rallied. They fought back. I mean, here they cut it to 17-10 to 10 at halftime, Mark, with a late score in the first half. Minnesota turns around with a kickoff return for a touchdown to make it 24-10. What do the Ravens do? They turn around, and they drive right down the field and score a touchdown. The drive took over 10 minutes. It was their longest drive since November of 2000 in terms of time taken up. And then they scored two more touchdowns in the second half. The problem is, and this has been chronic with the Ravens' defense, when, they, when their defense needs a stop, and this is going back over the last 10, 15 years. Multiple coordinators, multiple players. When they need a stop in crunch time, nine, nine times out of 10, their defense does not get that stop. Minnesota was able to tie it at 31, and then they had to go to overtime. But to their credit, hey, they overcame all the mistakes they made. They got it done. Justin Tucker, another game winner, 36-yarder. Making at, your coffee taste oh so good. Yeah, <laughs> there's six and two with all the injuries they've endured, and yet another strong safety to Sean Elliott out for the year with a peck injury endured in that game and yet here they sit Cincinnati lost a second straight game so the Ravens are sitting pretty right now I just hope they can continue to endure all these injuries they are getting some guys back though thankfully from IR but uh, that said uh, I would say right now Lamar has got to be one of if not the top candidate for MVP and John Harbaugh has to be one of the top if not the top candidate for coach of the year right now still a lot a lot of games to go yeah we're, we're about halfway through the year now yeah, nine so, games for most teams, yeah. and it's a 17-game schedule. Yep. So, uh, well, listen, we want to thank you all for listening once again to Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Uh, looking forward to next week's show. I haven't even told you about this, Mike. No. Um, I, I've got a guy by the name of John Simi. Okay, uh, he's an artist that's going to be here in town um, at the Waterfowl this coming week, but he also has written a book. And the book is called A Short Season with Ernie. And uh, I would check, I would ask you to check it out. It's uh, Joe Sema, J O E, and then Sema, S E M A. And you can check out his website at joesemaart.com. He is an artist, but he's also written a book. And the book has to do about his, his relative played Major League Baseball in the early days. This guy still plays baseball at 75 years old. And what? yes, and on top of that, um, he he comes. He's been coming into Waterfowl for years as an artist and uh, a former uh, shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, gosh, his name just slipped my head. Start with an M. Um, you know, it, it, it's you know he's uh, Baumgartner. Does that make? Is that a name? Uh, doesn't ring a bell, but I, 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 you have to tell me the year, though. I mean, I, it was a while ago. I know a decent amount of Orioles history, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm not going to pretend yeah. I know every last player. It, it was a while ago. Um, but uh, anyway, um, he used to, you know, hang out and, and things like that. And uh, he was referred to me by Steve Satchel with Baird. And uh, so in talking with this guy, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have him on my morning show. Uh, this week, but I'm also going to talk to him for the podcast because he's got gotcha. stories about Mickey Mantle. He's got stories about guys that are now playing in this league down in Florida that they started uh, for for old people, and you know they're playing ball. And you know some of them are former major league pitchers and That's ball amazing. players. And uh, seventy five, yeah, oh, wow. seventy five years old. Remember, we did a story. Good you can on. check it out. The Ty Cobb Senior League. Um, at uh, ShoresportsMD.com under Adult Sports. If you go there, that's an over-40 league. And these guys are over-70, so they play in an over-55 league. 
So I think God it's pretty him. cool. Yeah, yeah. it's that's, pretty cool. It's uh, something I aspire to. I don't know if I, <laughs> he if said once you stop playing, you'll never pick it up again, and you lose it. But yeah. he says I'm not stopping. I'm I'm still going. Good. So I thought it'd be cool to talk to him, and we'll have him on with us next week as yeah, well, something. talking playoffs and things like that. And uh, we will have James Jackson coming up, but we'll be talking to the the Queen Anne's County Lacrosse champion uh, coach as well. So we got a lot coming up. Sit back, buckle up. Plus, Christmas is just around the corner. In a couple of weeks, we'll find out what Mike's getting me for Christmas. It's all coming <laughs> up. Listen, send us your comments. Uh, if there's somebody you want to, us to talk to. Send it to us. I'm Mark at ShoresportsMD.com. He's Mike at ShoresportsMD.com. Make sure you check out our website. You know, check it out. Spend a little time there. See what you think. And if there's something you want us to uh, do a story on, you know, don't be afraid to send us the information. Uh, Cassidy Joseph did a great story on uh, Brendan Schumacher, who is a member of the North Carolina football team. That's up at the front page as well. Yeah, she looks like a pro doing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so check it out. And uh, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. Any closing comments, Mike? Uh, just looking forward to uh, continuing on to the playoffs, and I get a chance to step in for you in the booth. Going to be a lot of fun with the uh, Kent Island-North Carolina game in Stevensville, and uh, appreciate the opportunity and nothing like Friday Night Lights. No doubt about it. Have a great week, everybody. Don't forget to share this as well. Let people know we're out here. We love doing it, and we'll continue to do it as long as you keep listening. You've been listening to the Time Out with Show Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.